Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I am so honored and excited to record with my dear friend. I've referred to her as my brain coach. She is Vancouver's meditation treasure hero. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, Steph. So Hero and I were just discussing how we plan our days and our weeks, and I think that will be a very fascinating conversation to have on this podcast. I said, Hero, what do you want to riff on today? And she said, well, pain, of course. And if you know Hero, you know that she is a jelly bean person. What do you like? Gummy bears. She's a gummy bear personified. So the furthest thing you would think when you meet Hero is that she will dive into pain, but it is so real and so necessary. So this podcast will be about gummy bears, meditation, pain, and saying no on a Monday. How about that? Sounds like a great list. (laughs) I mean, if we lost some followers on the pain title we certainly gain some with the gummy bears magic absolutely (laughs) welcome to your life right (laughs) so so where should we begin let's begin with the tough stuff wonder we yes let's do it and i mean wanting to start with pain is not like my original idea there are smarter people that came up with that idea before me one of them is nonetheless the buddha Mm. Right. So, um, I mean, I am truly, truly, truly invested in having these conversations because I think there's a lot of somehow uh, mentioning discomfort, mental health or lack of and depression, anxiety and self-care. But I don't think that many of us are truly honest about pain. And about the fact that we truly do experience pain, if not daily, weekly. Absolutely. Right? So I was telling you on the couch a few minutes ago, as we were cuddling and chatting on the couch, that I like to remind my meditation students at the course that I teach, uh, telling them that, In the morning, some of the mornings, oftentimes I wake up having the feeling that I am the craziest person in Vancouver. And with that, I mean crazy with pain. Uh, That, you know, I wonder, am I normal? Uh, Am I the one that's suffering the most? And, And I think that that is the most useful thing that I can share with them, normalizing pain so that we can soften into it mm. so that when we experience psychological pain instead of wanting to push it away or attack it with strategies we can soften into it and create space and capacity for it yeah <laughs> I mean, I heard a great quote the other day about 
you know, all of the problems in life we want to solve that can't be solved on a spreadsheet. <laughs> and I think that that's a really beautiful reminder mm. that you can't solve pain on a spreadsheet mm. and you don't get to tick the boxes and make it right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work like that. So without the spreadsheet and without ticking boxes, how do we soften into pain? And what do we need to do more or better said less of to soften we know we're all suffering so let's just declare that (laughs) i am gonna answer shooting back a quote right at you oh (laughs) and it's a maya angelou quote Mm. a wonderful uh, black poet and uh, i recommend any of you to just check her check her incredible words out and she has a quote that goes saying I am human and therefore I can endure anything human. So let's start with that. Uh, pain is something, and when I, when I say pain, just to clarify, it means fears and uh, comparison and rashedness and anxiety and uh, um, shame and guilt. And all of those feelings are fundamentally human and they are, uh, hardwired in our brain so that we could evolve and be resilient as, as humans. But because of their nature, because they're human, therefore we can contain them. They are created in st- inside of us. And so as, as the containers of those feelings are bigger, right? So just to go back to the question, how do we then get along to uh, create space for suffering? The answer would be practicing being human. So practicing, creating the time and space where we can be in silence, where we can slow down and uh, observe it, be curious about it. The name of my course is The Lab of Meditation because with the word lab, I just want to invite people around that conversation of studying something, being curious about something, observing it almost as if we were in the lab. And so when I am feeling lonely, we were talking earlier about feeling alone, the the practice would be how does this loneliness feel like? Like, wow, let me be just a little bit more curious about it. Where in the body would that express itself? How does it manifest? And if I observe it for a little longer, how long does it last? And if I were to give it a color, what color would you have? Um, So the minute I become more curious, I am creating more space for it. Curiosity is a beautiful thing, and I think cultivating curiosity is, is really sweet. And what I'm learning is that we're losing our sense and our ability to be more curious the faster information is available to us. And I want to know, you know, when you speak of this, I feel it and I see it, yet how do we continue to practice being curious? The first word that comes to mind, which also replies to the previous question, is once again, slowing down. Mm. And slowing down, I'll get there faster, which is a little bit of a contradiction. Slowing down, I'll get there faster to where I need to go. And so, yes, my 
my weekly practice is, for example, which is a conversation of privilege, right? Even the fact that we are here talking about these things and that we can even talk about the privilege of slowing down is a conversation of privilege. So let's acknowledge that. In this incredible privilege that I hold of having time and resources, I take uh, the time on a Monday, so we were joking a little bit about my, my Mondays, to say no and to slow down and to not fill my agenda, my Excel sheets with stuff that needs to be done, but creating the space for me to just be. Mm -hmm. I think I heard you in the past to talk about the concept of human being as opposed to human doing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. So not differently as your practice being a professional athlete. Uh, it's a similar practice, the practice of being a lab scientist, a, a curious scientist in the field of inner life mm. uh, and in the field of inner pain. And so that takes time and dedication and the discipline of being able to, to say no and to create a, empty space which at times can be challenging because mm -hmm. we're not used to a slower pace or to say no to potential opportunities or to boredom as we were mentioning or uh, to just a slower pace in mm -hmm. life i don't see any ways other than that i mm -hmm. create finding the flow in stillness finding the flow in slowness well, how did you come to have this relationship with Mondays? And, you know, are there any challenges or struggle in it for you? Or is it just you wake up on Monday and you know that today I'm doing nothing? Mm -hmm. No, it, the, the Monday practice is a practice of pain as well. Mm -hmm. So I think I have exhausted myself in the past few years, uh, realizing that even owning a meditation studio like I did can exhaust you. Mm -hmm. And so experiencing extreme fatigue and being compelled to find and be congruent with what I hear myself saying. And, uh, and so implementing that because of uh, a need, mm -hmm. the need of uh, bringing relief and uh, restoration mm -hmm. and repair to the body and the soul stillness earlier this year you spent a beautiful chunk of time in mexico and you went to mexico and you loved it so much you had to stay longer in mexico and if we go back onto your instagram feed you were just the most joyful gummy bear loving slowing down <laughs> human ever tell, tell us about your trip to mexico and and how did that put a dent in your heart I want to start talking about gummy bears in Mexico. Wonderful. Because I don't know if you know, but they have spicy gummy bears. Oh, no. So that was quite a discovery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's as simple as you described. I felt, uh, again, I had the privilege and felt the need to take some time off of the schedule of things and uh, I went there for a week and then a week felt too short and it became two weeks and then two weeks felt too short and it became, the holiday became a three weeks holiday and when people ask me what did you do in Mexico other than eat spicy gummy bears what I say is I just sat and observed the waves for three weeks and noticed that 
they are so entertaining. <laughs> they are so incredibly entertaining. There's no one way the same as the previous one. <laughs> so it was an incredible practice of presence and observation and curiosity about something so in flow and mm -hmm. so similar as feelings and ebbs and flows of inner life. So it was quite quite a good way to make a good use of that privilege. You know, as you were speaking of waves, the first thing that came to mind was how beautiful that no two waves are ever the mm -hmm. same. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, undeniably, especially right now in a bit of a downtime, I find myself searching for not necessarily comparison, but mm -hmm. my competitive spirit is raging mm -hmm. when I can't do anything. So if I get on a Moby bike in town, the city bikes of Vancouver, I just want to race everyone. <laughs> they don't give a hoot. They're not racing me. And I, I was just, you know, literally thinking of a wave washing over me. And it's like the wave doesn't care. The wave doesn't care about the next wave and the wave doesn't care about the wave before it. The wave does not have a competitive spirit. <laughs> and isn't that a beautiful thing? That is incredible. And neither do gummy bears. They don't compare <laughs> each other. <laughs> you know, and yet they have different flavors and you might find that for you some are more delicious than others, but they don't just they don't care. <laughs> it's very funny because I can only imagine that Hero did not eat only gummy bears in Mexico <laughs> but you would think that she only ate gummy bears in Mexico so you sat you sat and and watched the waves and that really truly is is meditation at its finest is sitting and watching yourself and what can you tell us about what you have experienced with meditation and and I'd like us to riff a little bit too on the people that you have brought into your practice and into your lab and um, really the, the effects that you have, you know, bared witness to of people changing how their brains function, you know, as we were talking about as athletes, we're so obsessed with changing our bodies mm -hmm. and there's something so beautiful about changing our brains. What a great question. Do we, do we have like six days to answer? As many days as you'd like. We can walk <laughs> the Camino together. <laughs> as long as there's gummy bears. <laughs> this is a conversation that's truly at my heart and uh, I have been truly interested and engaged in figuring out what meditation does to the brain and it's a whole incredible array of benefits that we gather out of that curiosity and just to be more precise i don't think meditation brings advantages is the curiosity that we practice the curiosity that we cultivate through meditation that brings those benefits of decreasing stress and increasing the quality of sleep and increasing your level of psychological being but what i'm truly truly interested right now at the moment is taking all of those benefits for the self so that we can then use them to impact community and mm. to do good stuff so in a way practice meditation so that we can be less preoccupied with ourselves and then do something for others so uh, a practice for social justice a practice for 
kindness, a practice for community building, a practice for care. And that to me is the biggest gain ultimately. So a practice of goodness and true generosity. Goodness, I just think of a loaf of bread, 100% wholesome. Right. Wholesome, let's do No, gummy bears are not 100% wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> and just to clarify what gummy bears represented for me, I have always been very, you know, health-oriented and sugar-adverse and very politically correct with diet. And for me, this stage of gummy bearness is a little bit the stage of lightness and playfulness and watching waves and be less serious and more playful which i think is something that you would appreciate because you're so playful absolutely (laughs) i think what did you call us earlier triathletes were just a group of panda bears (laughs) (laughs) and i think without play and without joy what do we have and we only get to reach playful joyfulness when we deal with our pain and you know, I've come to really appreciate that joy, true joy and true playfulness, you don't get to make up mm-hmm. and you can see right through that. And, you know, I can be in immense pain and still be my love bug self. And that is a beautiful distinction. And, you, you know, being in my state of recovery right now, I have really fallen to my knees of meditation when it's the only thing I have. And then I think, oh my word, as soon as I'm back to full health, I hope I wake up, I will wake up and fall to my knees to meditate every morning because anything that comes after that is a total blessing. And I have, our, our friend Ursula said it best, something like if you have if you don't have time to meditate, do you have time to be a shitty person? <laughs> I just thought that was so wise. <laughs> Very wise also. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, just to gain back a few of those followers that left us <laughs> when we said we were going to talk about pain, ultimately, this is a very optimistic and heartwarming message. The message is the more I surrender and soften within pain, the more I create capacity to be resilient and ultimately to be joyful and compassionate. So it is a message of life, of flow, of uh, flourishing. Absolutely. I find it, and this isn't to belittle by any means, it's a true metaphor of when I water my garden right now and I water my lavender plant and she just comes to life and the purple lavender you know, springs out and the bumblebees attack and it's so wonderful. And I just think literally drink some water stuff. You can come back to life too. Mm. And it's those moments that remind us that it's all possible and it, it's, it's not too difficult to get mm. there, but we've, we've got to acknowledge the wilted lavender. It's so beautifully said, and I heard you this afternoon that we spent together say a few times, numerous times, how much you appreciate the small things. And I hope that you can remind yourself of of this and uh, of how much beauty and grace there is when we slow down and we discover all of those small things. Absolutely. Which are so much more entertaining than Netflix and come at no cost. <laughs> Absolutely. Our favorite man, Michael Franti, has a great song called The Little Things. And it talks about, you know, dancing in the kitchen and making smoothies. 
Heck yes. Heck joy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hero. Well, just like that, we wrap so quickly from gummy bears to pain to Mondays where you plan nothing. Our last question is what is currently making your heart beat faster? Or maybe for you, I should say, what is making your heart slow down? <laughs> no, you choose. <laughs> no, I want to say faster. And I think, to be very honest, is when 20 minutes ago, you introduced me and you used the word dear friend. Mm -hmm. And that made my heart rush a little bit. And what that is, is connection and community and friendships and relationships. And that will always, mm -hmm. always make my heart beat a little bit faster. So thank you for that. Oh, a, word, a world without love. What is it? Like right. a world without lavender and bumblebees. <laughs> and gummy bears. <laughs> oh, Hero, thank you for your time and your generosity and really your um, teaching in all of us to slow down. Because if you were not a living example of it, it might be harder for me to appreciate. So thank you. And I look forward to seeing you at Kit's pool in our bathing suits lying out like panda bears on the pool deck. <laughs> I truly cannot wait. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Uncorked. Team Corker would love to invite you to join us at this year's Disrupt HR YVR happening June 6th at Science World. We are doing things differently this year with ASL interpretation available, childcare so that you can drop off your munchkin as you enjoy the show, a quick fire power panel of four amazing people, and a very special guest joining us from New York. Oh man, I think I've said too much about that. But tickets can be found on our website or our Instagram at The Corker Co. So come and get inspired to create a new future of work. Thanks for listening to this episode of Uncorked. The Corker Co. is actually turning five this year, and we want to celebrate with you at Kitts Beach in Vancouver on June 11th. We're going to meet at 6.30 a.m., jump into the ocean, because every day is a great day to take the plunge in our eyes, and enjoy good treats on the beach with our friends. So come, help us celebrate at the Corker Splash. Link to register and more info is in our Instagram, at the Corker Co.